0: So welcome. My name is John.
1: I'm Michelle. I'm
0: Amanda. And we founded Up to Kids Together. Today we're talking about meditation and introduction to mindful breathing, which is this week's featured lesson. And it says that when we focus on our breath, we reduce stress and lay the foundation for additional meditation techniques. So Amanda, you've worked with kids in counseling. How has meditation come up in that setting?
2: In counseling, I would rarely, if ever, use the word meditation when working with kids. But the basic techniques and practices of meditation would come up quite often. Techniques that we really focus on in the lesson, breathing techniques, bringing attention to the breath, and also techniques around grounding in the body, a child really attending to their own body, feeling The physical boundaries of their feet on the ground, sitting in a seat or standing, whatever it is, these techniques were used a lot in counseling because they really support emotional regulation, they support concentration, and they support just being able to uh, calmly ground in the space. So with kids, it it would be very rare to say, okay, we're going to sit for meditation or to or to use meditation techniques as like a homework assignment or a requirement in any way. We would use the techniques to just connect and ground in the space together.
0: And what were some of the techniques that you used most often?
2: For a lot of the kids at the very beginning of the session, just coming into counseling together, kids were coming from a lot of different settings. They may have been coming from PE or from lunch or from the reading lesson in which they were really bored and sleepy. So some sort of attending to the breath or attending to the physical body would bring us together in the session together. So it could be as simple as, can you feel your feet on the ground right now? Feel the way the ground feels against your feet. How does the chair feel? And sometimes it was quiet music, depending on the child, if that's a way that they liked to calm and ground um, listening to music. One of the activities in the uplift lesson was something I used on a regular basis with elementary age kids. It's actually in the little section as a worksheet. It's the shape of a hand, and the activity is to trace the hand with your other index finger and breathe in and out as you go up and down over each finger. That's actually an excellent emotional regulation activity for kids of any age. So they can use their own hand or they can trace a piece of paper and follow the traced hand on a piece of paper. I also love the flicker, the flame game that's in the lesson. We couldn't often burn candles inside Schools. So we would occasionally do that outside, but kids lo- really love that game. You can read about it in the lesson, but it's controlling the breath and attending to the breath in a way that um, makes a flame dance in a candle. It's endlessly fascinating. It's a really fun game.
0: Michelle, what techniques have you used?
1: There's a few that I'll use often. And I think it's especially, these are especially nice because that most of them all you need is your body your breath so these are things that parents can do with kid with your own kids as games so that when they really need it it's already part of what they do it's in the kind of like culture and just toolbox of your home so that if someone is dysregulated then you can pull one of these out one that i really like to do is called 54321 and it's bringing a child or anyone i use it for myself Bringing yourself back into your body, using the senses to really begin to ground yourself. So, five, four, three, two, one is what are five things that you see? What are four things that you feel? You just go through the senses and you can do them in any order. Just keep going. What are three things that you can taste? What is so you just go through in that way. Another one that I like to use is box breathing. So almost just to imagine a box. And as you go down one side of the box, you breathe in, up, you breathe out, across, breathe in, down, breathe out. And these are just such simple things that you can do all the time with your kid, like a game, and then pull them out when they're really needed. And I think what's so great about these is that really what we're doing with these games that you can call meditation or not is that we can actually train our attention. So we think that we're just, I'm just this jumbly mess of thoughts, and we don't actually realize that just like, you know, building a muscle in the gym, we can build our own thought patterns and our, we can actually train our minds to be focused and attentive to what we want them to
0: be focused on. How have you seen meditation change your life?
1: I would say that I came to meditation through suffering. I was experiencing incredible anxiety. And at first it was just a tool to relieve the suffering. And I heard an analogy recently that I I really loved. This person described meditation almost like there's a rushing river and it's just tumultuous and it's rushing along. And instead of feeling like you're in the river... You can actually stand on the banks of the river. And for me, meditation has done that. It's created this space where I'm an observer to my own thoughts. It's allowed me to become an observer rather than feeling like I'm completely, I am I have no control. I'm just like lost in this tumultuous river. So I love that analogy by just, again, noticing what's happening rather than feeling like it is who I am. This suffering is who I am. So it's given me space from suffering. And in a way, noticing that suffering, there's a way for me that meditation has also helped me live into the wholeness of who I am, rather because at first it was in order to make that suffering go away. And there's a way that I have now the capacity to hold even more suffering, and it bothers me less. There's a way that having that observer I don't actually need the suffering to go away, but in a way it does create, it, it does lessen it, it creates more space. So yeah, it's my goal has changed with meditation. And in a way it's about becoming more whole, including more of my wholeness.
0: Thanks for sharing that. That was wonderful. What would you add, Amanda?
1: Oh, Michelle's story
2: just brought alive my own experience of coming into meditation It was maybe about seven years ago, one of my family members was organizing a mindfulness workshop. And I thought, oh, yeah, I want to participate in that. I want to find out what mindfulness is all about. And part of the pre-workshop work was come with a question, come into the meditation workshop with a question. And I thought my question was about parenting and my family. And I was holding this question. And it was remarkable that in the silence and the stillness of practicing, that question crumbled and something else within me emerged from the silence that I wasn't even in conscious awareness that was just under the surface. And it was just this breaking open, this sort of cracking open of my own insides And it's hard to articulate or explain, but in stillness, in silence, wisdom can emerge. And I love that Michelle pointed to the fact it's not always pleasant. It's not always, doesn't always feel transcendent, but there's truth. There's truth in the stillness and in the silence.
0: I too have had transformative experiences where I can just see what's happening in my mind and see what's happening with my emotions. Like you're saying, Michelle, standing on the edge of a riverbank and observing what's happening rather than being swept away and sensing into a deeper stillness and how that stillness can be healing in and of itself. And I also will add that I don't think that meditation is a cure-all and I don't think anything we've said would indicate that. But I think it's an important point. Standing on the riverbank can be very helpful because you can see what's going on, that things that might have been unconscious are made conscious, and that can be very helpful. What I have found personally is that I have to be wary of disassociation because I can feel so comfortable standing on the riverbank that I can check out. I can be like, well, I don't have to actually alleviate any physical suffering in the world." So, I do think it's important to not think of meditation as a cure all, but to think of it as one of many possible techniques to having a life well lived. Any final thoughts from either of you as we close up?
1: Yeah, something that comes to mind we've been at these meditation retreats now for years. And one of the practices at the retreats is we'll have these two hour time periods where we'll have sitting meditation and then walking meditation. And then we might move into work meditation. Like we're just like, what does it feel like to actually have that same sensation of stillness in everything that we do? How do you actually, the moment you open your eyes, you don't, it's like in one moment, I'm the one who meditates and the next moment, you're just the human that like forgot it all. And so I think that's part of the practice. If you have a meditation practice, it's life is meditating you. It's like There's this story about the monk who is up in his cave and becomes enlightened. And then he walks down into the village and goes into this market and is immediately disturbed. And I think life has a way of meditating us because it's through these disturbances that we notice, where am I stuck? Like, where, why does this hurt? Where is this, where's the suffering? And really turning towards that. So yeah, it's, yeah, we can't all be the monk in the cave thinking that we just, we, we, we got it. It's like really when those moments of life disturb us, that is the practice of meditation in those moments.
2: Yeah, it brings me back to the word Michelle used earlier, which is wholeness. It's about holding the wholeness of life and the wholeness of experience. And the expanse and the transcendence is part of the wholeness. And so is the descent back into the body and back into our lives and chop wood and carry water and chop wood and carry water. It's like this pulse of life. They're both equally true. And the practice of meditation points us back to that.
0: Yeah, I love that phrase too, the chop wood and carry water. That's from the Zen tradition, meaning that we have to do our daily tasks mindfully to really experience life. Otherwise, we find that we have lived and haven't really experienced. I think that's it for today. Use this lesson to introduce meditation. Even if you don't use the word meditation anywhere at all when you use the lesson, these techniques can help kids gain some of the foundational elements or principles in a meditative practice and can even hopefully (laughs) do it in a fun way, a way that kids enjoy and can use on their own when they start to feel overwhelmed in life.